Well, good morning. If you have your Bibles, would you meet me in Matthew chapter 11? Uh, Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through verse 30 is where we will be together in God's word this morning. And if you don't have your Bibles, you can uh, check the bulletin. The passage will be there. And as Timothy said, I'm Evan. I'm one of the pastors here at Christ Central and uh, so thankful to be worshiping together with you this morning, whether you're here in the sanctuary or uh, out in the lawn uh, or live streaming. Uh, I'm glad we get this opportunity to worship together. Well, we made it. This is our last Sunday of 2020, and what a year it's been. Amen. For so many, uh, this year has been filled with devastation and strife. Um, and for some of you here, you, you might be uh, coming in or, or tuning in and you're just worn out. I mean, you, you look at your life and in every direction it just seems like there is just strife everywhere and you're just weary. As I've been praying for our time together in God's word, I, uh, I wanted to share just a few thoughts from something that I've been wrestling with in, in my life and this year in particular, and that's rest. Rest. As I consider the struggle and the strife in my own life and the lives of those around me, the, the call I hear from God it's a call to rest. And for someone, that whole notion is, seems very foreign to you. Uh, you might be saying, how in the world can I rest with all that's going on in my life? And so I want to share in God's word this morning on this notion of rest for the weary. So if you're able, I want to invite you to stand as we hear the word of the Lord from Matthew chapter 11, verse 28 through verse 30, when Jesus himself says, come to me, all who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. The very words of our God. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, what a privilege it is to know you that you would reveal yourself to us, that you would speak to us. You are a great God. But I pray that as I speak to the ear, you would speak to the heart and transform lives, that we might find our rest in God alone, our salvation. Lord, may the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight, O oh Lord, 
my rock and my redeemer. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. In 2007, Joshua Bell did a little experiment. Joshua Bell is a Grammy-winning, world-renowned violinist, and on a cold January morning, he went down to a metro station in Washington, D.C. He pulled out his $3.5 million violin, and for 45 minutes, he began to play various pieces. And during that time, over a thousand people passed by him, but only seven stopped to listen to what he was playing. Just a few days earlier, he was headlining a show in Boston where tickets were $100 and he sold the place out. But here in this busy metro station, only seven people out of a thousand stopped to listen and he received a total of $32. The point of the experiment was to show that sometimes we can be so busy living our lives, trying to get from one thing to the next, that we can fail to pause. And we miss the opportunity to be in the presence of beauty and greatness. And so it is even more so when it comes to Jesus. Throughout the Gospels, we see over and over again that Jesus is in the midst of people trying to live their lives. And he's working among them, doing miracles and has prolific teaching, and they just keep missing We see this in particular in Matthew's gospel as we see Jesus ministering among the Jews, the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Rejection and opposition is mounting in Jesus' ministry. And in Matthew chapter 11, it's a pivotal moment in the gospel because we see in this chapter that the rejection and the opposition that Jesus is experiencing comes to a head, especially from the religious leaders. And as Jesus is experiencing this rejection and opposition, he does not respond with resignation. He responds with thankfulness. In verse 25 through verse 27, we see that Jesus thanks the Father that he reveals to those that are little children, those that are needy and helpless, And he hides from those that are wise and understanding, those that would liken themselves as self-sufficient. The precursor to our passage this morning is this beautiful, unapologetic declaration of the sovereign will of God over all people. In verse 28, Jesus focuses his attention on those who, verse 25, calls the little children. Those who know their vulnerability. And he calls out to them, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. 
Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy, and my burden is light. What image comes to mind when you think of how to rest? Maybe the image that comes to mind is you're taking a trip to the beach or going to the mountains. Maybe the image that comes to mind is you taking a long weekend and catching up on your favorite Netflix show or getting a massage. Whatever image that comes to mind on how to rest, I would imagine that for most of us, the image would be quite different from a first century Jew. For a first century Jew who was poor, oppressed, and from a farming culture, they would not have a savings account to splurge. They, they would not be able to whimsically go to the beach. They, they wouldn't be able to sleep in, no, but they are still called to rest. They are still called to rest. When the Lord calls his people to rest, he is not inviting them to vacation. At least not just vacation. What he's really calling people to when he calls them to rest, he's calling them into how to engage life, not vacate it. And in this sweet invitation in verse 28 through 30, we see Jesus explaining how to engage life, how to rest. And he gives three directives in this short passage. How to rest, you come, you take, you learn. You come. In in verse 28, Jesus says, come to me. Well, who is he talking to? All those who are laboring and are heavy laden. For those who labor, those are the ones that are active in their pursuits and they are weary. For those that are heavy laden, they are passive and burdens are being placed on them and they are weary. Jesus is saying, no matter what the cause is of your weariness, come. Come to me and I will give you rest. You don't have to wrestle for it. I will give it to you. It reminds me of my daughter. My daughter's love language is popcorn. My daughter loves her some white cheddar popcorn. It doesn't matter if it's breakfast, lunch, or dinner, or snack time. She would eat popcorn all day, every day. It got so bad that we had to set some regulations on the popcorn, right? So my wife had the brilliant idea of instead of having the family bag that seems like the promised land where she can just keep reaching in and getting popcorn, we switched to having those little individual small bags. And so when she's wanting some popcorn, we give her the bag. And once she's done, she's cut off. No more popcorn. And so that kind of saved us from uh, having a high bill of popcorn. But the problem with these little bags is that my daughter is three years old, so she has three-year-old hands. And so she'll run to the pantry and she'll grab her little popcorn bag and immediately she'll try to open the bag, but she can't. And so immediately she gets frustrated and you see it on her face and she's getting more upset and she yells out, I can't do it. And so I call out to her, Bring it to me and, and I'll open it for you. And, and the frustration is mounting more and more. And she's more and more upset. And she's repeating, I can't do it. I can't do it. And I keep telling her, come bring it to me so that I can help you. 
What I'm trying to tell her is stop toiling over something you know you can't handle and bring it to the one who is able to give you what you're looking for. Jesus says, come to me. I can't do it. Come to me. I I can't handle my marriage. Come to me. I, I can't handle my grief and my sorrow. Come to me. I can't handle my anxiety and depression. Jesus says, come to me. And I will give you what you're looking for. I will give you rest. Second directive, he says, Jesus says, take my yoke upon you. And and, and that might feel like a a counterintuitive thing to say to someone who's tired. Because a yoke was this labor tool that was placed on cattle for farming and for pulling carts. It's a work tool. It's a burdensome tool. And Jesus offers this to those who are weary? How does that make sense? Well, what Jesus is doing here, he's not pulling some bait and switch, right? He's not trying to, you know, add on top of all that's going on and pile on even more. Now, what's happening here is that Jesus is not so much inviting the weary to put something on More accurately, he's inviting the weary to switch something out. See, the the invitation for Jesus to, to say, put on my yoke, it might seem strange if you're of the mindset that freedom in life is no yokes, no burden. That's often the, the critique that I get from some of my non-believing friends. They say, y'all Christians, y'all got too many rules. I'm trying to live free. Not realizing that what they're describing is merely the yoke of self-sufficiency. And, and you can be wise in your own eyes and you can live that way if you want to, but Jesus isn't buying it. To those that understand their frailty, to those that are weary from the yoke of self-sufficiency, the yoke of do-it-yourself, true freedom is found in coming under the yoke for which you were actually designed. His yoke. Ah, I wish I had time to really dig into this. But I love how Pastor H.B. Charles puts it. He, he writes this. He says, is the tree really free? When the fierce winds uproot it and deliver it from its bondage to the soil? Is the fish really free when the fisherman's hook catches by its mouth and sets it free from its bondage to the water? Is the train really free when it jumps the track and is derailed and set free from its bondage to the train tracks? Absolutely not. And no soul is free if it lives in rebellion against the God that created us. If you are honest about weariness, rest is only found in submission to Christ. Take his yoke. And in Jewish tradition, Jewish teachers would 
use this imagery of the yoke as a metaphor to coming under submission to the teachings of the law. So for a Jewish audience, this would be a very provocative thing to say because Jesus is basically saying, I have a better yoke. Which leads me to the third directive. Jesus says, learn. Verse 29, he says, learn from me. The New Testament was originally written in Greek and this word here for learn is not so much what we might believe, right? Because we in Durham, we in the triangle, we like learning. And we have the most degrees per capita in the country. We good. They're talking about learning. But Jesus means something more than academia. For a Jewish teacher to invite discipleship, what he's saying here is you don't just embrace content, you embrace personhood. A few years ago, I spent some time studying in Jerusalem and Israel, and in the Jewish quarter in Jerusalem, there was a man as a rabbi named Moshe. And Moshe enjoys talking to Christians about his faith. And I remember Moshe explaining the Jewish notion of discipleship, that in Jewish tradition, uh, when a Jewish teacher is inviting someone into discipleship, he's not simply saying take the law, he's saying take the teacher as well. So students would consume their lives with modeling themselves after their teacher. They would spend their, their days in their household watching even how they ate meals. Moshe said that if the teacher had a limp, that the students would even model their walk after their limp. Why? Because when a Jewish teacher invites discipleship, he's not just saying learn the law, he's saying learn him. Jesus says, learn from me. Don't just take my lessons, take my life. Come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me. Come, take, learn. In these short verses, Jesus is explaining how we rest, but he also explains why we rest in the ways that we do. In verse 29 and verse 30, we see this word repeated a couple times, and it's the word for. Did you see it in the passage? Scholars debate the meaning of these fours, but they're likely causal in nature. In other words, why do we rest in, by, by coming and taking and learning? Because, Jesus says, my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Because I am gentle and lowly in heart. Ah, I wish I had time to really dig into this. Jesus says, come because I am gentle and lowly in heart. What he's basically saying here is that I am accessible to you. You can reach me to a weary soul that knows all too well how much relief is constantly out of reach. Jesus says, you can reach me. I hear the echoes of Isaiah 42.3, a, a bruised reed he will not 
break, a smoldering wick he will not quench. A bruised reed can't play music, you might as well break it and throw it away. Jesus won't do that. A smoldering wick can't light a candle anymore, you might as well quench it and throw it away. Jesus will not throw it away. He's gentle. He's lowly. That's his heart. In a world that calls for a never-ending race to nowhere, Jesus says, you can get to me. And as Colossians 1.17 says, he is before all things. And in him, all things are held together. Rest in Christ means we are confessing Who really holds our lives together? So when I let go, I don't fall to pieces because he's the one that's really holding me together. He's gentle. He's lowly. He's accessible. And he says, because my yoke is easy, And my burden is light. Some provocative words again. My yoke is easy. The the Greek word there for easy can can be translated the word kind. It's the same word we see in Luke 6.35 where Jesus says the most high is kind to the ungrateful. It's the same word in Romans 2.4 when Paul says it is God's kindness that is meant to lead you to repentance. Jesus is really saying, my yoke is kind. And and what he's doing here is he's not distinguishing easy from hard. He's more so distinguishing easy from harsh. The yoke of Christ, he does not treat you harshly. In a world where harshness is everywhere, that's why we're tired. Jesus says, I'll treat you better. My yoke is kind. My yoke is easy. And also, he says, my burden is light. How can that be? Burdens by their very nature are heavy. Especially to someone who is weary. Right? I mean, I can't take one more email. I can't take one more Zoom meeting. I can't take one more news report. Everything feels so heavy. And now Jesus says, my burden is light. How can this be? What's he talking about here? Again, this yoke. Farmers, when they would yoke cattle, they they would place the yoke on pair of cattle. And farmers were very thoughtful about how they placed yoke on cattle. They, they, they wouldn't put two weak cattle together and they wouldn't put two strong ones together. Because if you put the yoke on two weak ones, they wouldn't be able to bear the load and wouldn't be able to get things done. But if you put them on two strong ones, these cattle would be fighting for control and constantly outpacing each other and wouldn't get anywhere. So the farmers would take one weak cattle and one strong cattle with the understanding that the strong cattle would bear the load for the both of them. 
Jesus is not saying that the burden is not heavy and cannot weigh you down. What he's saying is when you are yoked with me, I do the heavy lifting for the both of us. As the hymn writer says, there's not a friend like the lowly Jesus. No, not one. No, not one. Jesus knows all about our struggles and he will guide until the day is done. My burden is light. Jesus says, come to me. All who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. What a sweet invitation from our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. But the question is, will you come? Will you receive this invitation? Will you pause and allow yourself to be in the presence of such beauty and greatness? Come to Jesus and find rest for your souls. Amen. Let's pray. Lord God, we confess we do not rest well. Lord, your servant, St. Augustine, said that we were made for you and our hearts remain restless until we find our rest in you. Lord, there are restless hearts under the sound of my voice right now. And Lord, it's hard. It's hard to come to you. It's hard to surrender because we are afraid that we will fall to pieces if we let go. But Lord, you are gentle and you are lowly. And as often as we forget it, you remind us of it. Thank you that your arms are open wide and you keep the refrain of your invitation. Lord, would you give us faith this day to rest in you. In Jesus' name, amen.